0: Welcome to Only God Rescue Me, My Journey from Satanic Ritual Abuse. I'm Lisa Meister, your host. And today I'm very happy to bring to you KB. And KB is a survivor and victor of SRA. And she is here with us today. We have her camera off and she has a beautiful picture of her when she was young with her parents. Welcome, KB. Thank you, Lisa. Thank you for having me. I see this picture of you and you look so sad. Do you want to tell us about it? Well, um, I'm the firstborn
1: and uh, I, I don't, I have a pretty heavy amnesia from my childhood. So I don't recall the, the time, but I believe we were living in Palm Springs, California at the time. And um, my siblings um,
0: were not born yet. Wow. How old were you? I believe I was three. Three. So, you know, you just look at those eyes and they're just haunting, just sad, scared. And then I look at your dad's eyes. Just can see the evil there. Then what do you think about your mom's eyes? Um.
1: I, my mom's eyes look hypnotic to me. Yeah. Uh, You know, I, the, the generations going back, I don't know how many lines back to, um, to incest, um, I believe on both sides of the family. And so I believe, um, my mother is a survivor as is my father, who is a son of a Freemason. I remember my grandfather wearing a ring with a G on it and asking him about it because his first name also starts with a G. And um, uh, they were both, both of my parents were heavily traumatized themselves. And then um, I believe my father was, you know, became, ultimately became
0: one of my programmers. Wow. So many generations back, probably. I mean, that stuff just rolls through the generations.
1: Yes. Yeah, so on my father's side, um, the family is a, a high level, or you could say, you know, one of the many bloodlines um, of the cult, those sort of bloodline families on my father's side, with and then my mother's side as well, um, was a high level family. And I, I recall as a kid, one memory I do have is my grandfather telling me that we were born blue, that our family is blue bloods. And I thought it was such a novelty as a child, because the only thing blue about my family is that they were blue collar, really. <laughs> I mean, I thought it was fascinating. And um, we had a, a genealogist do a book on that side of the family, in fact, one of uh, a relative on my mother's side was a governor uh, of a southern state in the 1800s. And so, yes, I believe that the trauma goes back kind of beyond my ability to trace.
0: Um, wow. Yeah. And and I think probably for most survivors, that's the way it is. I mean, like, how would somebody just stumble into this on their own, right? Correct. Yeah. yeah. So um yeah, so
1: it is it is very hard to trace unless unless you have a genealogist. And and even then, um the the truth of what happens behind closed doors, you know, is rarely revealed. Um, yeah. So uh I would say for lack of a better term, that I've I've been sort of enslaved in a particular system the bloodline family for 55 years of my life. So, um, you know, forgiveness, there's a lot of work there. And, and I I can only do this with the help of God, but I was, I do recall being sexually abused by my father and his father. And I was, I was trafficked to, to high level people. Um, I, I believe I was used by the military. Um, I have been what you might say is like a multi-purpose asset um, was how that terminology is sometimes talked about. Um, I I was aware of the tracking, you know, of people tracking me because because I moved around a lot Um, of seeing the same person in different towns that I lived in and, and then the person changing in each town. But I was aware of tracking, and I couldn't quite understand why. And I didn't understand my family name um, at the time on my father's side. Um, but as I sort of the, the the turning point for me was of my life was um, my fifty fifth birthday, and um, there were some people that, um, were, I thought were my friends that were new friends in a California town. And uh, my birthday fell on a full moon in 2021. And, um, uh, and people probably know this, but you know, the, the people who run the run things, who run the world and the high level families, they follow the lunar cycles. Um, they might call themselves Luciferians. They might call themselves something else, but, um, I had a birthday on a full moon and, and in that on that birthday of 2021 was a ritual sacrifice of my life was planned and i can say it was with 100% confidence it was only by the grace of god that i got out of a person's home it was still light out and it, there were only four other women there and i i got out and i got and i was able to escape safely without any Scuffle or any harm, um, and then I was saved, and I gave my life to to Christ two weeks later, um through New age to Jesus testimonials on YouTube
0: of all things. I was in the new age for as long as I can recall. um did and- you know up until that night that you were gonna be sacrificed, or did no. you find out once you got there?
1: I had no clue i mean although the, I would say the behavior of these new friends. That I'd known for a little over a year was odd. And I, you know, I over time kept them at a distance and didn't go to every invitation that came my way. Um, So, no, I had no clue. I had planned on my own happy hour, um, you know, four o'clock, and they all met up with me. And then a woman was part of the group, has an old Victorian house with a lot of different rooms and the front of the house was turned into an Airbnb. So I was in a one-bedroom Airbnb after the happy hour, and and I got a phone call from my sister and a text message from my boss, and I believe those things attributed to helping me get out, Um, but I I really had no clue. I just knew that everyone was standing around as I was leaving with with complete stone-cold, shocked looks on their faces. And the questions I got at the happy hour when my boss needed something urgent, um, had a question, the questioning, the line question is, oh, who's texting you? Do they know who you're with? Do they know where you are? Like kind of odd questions. Like why would somebody want to know if the person reaching out to me knows who I'm with and what I'm doing? You know, Um, it was very odd. And after I got saved, I believe it's the holy spirit that just said like look like this is why the behavior was on your birthday you were it was a full moon you were supposed to be sacrificed. Wow. Wow. That's terrifying. Yeah, I I was invited to other things after my birthday that also fell on lunar cycles. Um brunches at people's houses. I used to follow astrology because I was in the new age and I knew the timing of when they invited me to the events. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. It was at 11 o'clock brunch. And based on what was happening in the stars, like these things were perfectly timed, like attempts
0: were made on more than one other occasion. Um, Had you seen other people be sacrificed?
1: I do not. I have amnesia around that.
0: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: um there there was at least one other attempt to at least abduct me um in this town before I left. Um uh a friend so An odd thing happened. Uh, Three days after I got saved, this friend who I believe was kind of a handler suddenly is appearing in my town for a major birthday party. And there was a group of people. And um, the party ended up being like Babylonian level stuff, like just, just bizarre. And I only went by the hotel pool during the day, but they brought an Airstream with them. And there was this unusual invitation to go look at the Airstream, you know, and, 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 you know, a a necklace, a choker necklace that was gifted to me, just very odd things. But I believe, you know, the timing of, of things so, so well-timed with my giving my life to Christ and the timing of this group, it's just sort of uncanny. And, and one little piece of evidence that came my way after the party um, was a text message from that friend she sent me a video of a woman with a butterfly embroidered on the back of her jacket and she was twirling around and so that brings me to the next point of monarch programming so because things were breaking down for me um and i got saved and i gave my life to christ multiple people just sort of pulled out all the stops of of flashing butterflies of i have a neighbor that trolls me walks her cat in her arms by my back sliding glass door um i was gifted monarch butterflies by my father in behind a glass um dead butterflies behind a glass plate and uh, just uh, just so many odd pieces of evidence throughout my life. We used to capture butterflies as a kid in California and we would put them in a jar and poke holes in it and watch it turn to a chrysalis. And then when it became a butterfly, we would free it, you know. um, There were just so many interesting parts of butterflies in my life. And then about uh, November of last year, a man, an unknown man left a voicemail and said, I need you to bake me a cake and I need it to have this special frosting on it. It was a very laden with sexual innuendo. And um, I I believe cakes, cakewalks, they're all trigger words for this, some sexual activity tied to the Monarch program. Um, I've just... Yeah, I've just had a lot of unusual attempts to re-trigger me, (laughs) and at 56 years old, I find it a little bit entertaining, like what possibly could they want um, with me at this point in my life, but um, there is an attempt to re-trigger that, that monarch programming. Um, Yeah, so I think part of it's the risk of amnesia, just to breaking down um, and exposing, um, you know, abuse and trafficking. Um, Before I was saved, I got one sort of clue. I I took apart a frame of a picture of me with my cousin We were around three years old, around the same age. Maybe two, and we were holding hands and it was in this cheap frame. So I decided to take it apart. And behind the picture was a business card from President Richard Nixon and it was autographed. And I just thought, well, this is weird. And I don't know what to do with this. Um, and I thought nothing of it. This was around 2018, 2019. And eventually sent it to my sister to sell on eBay, even though the ink, the quality of the signature was not great. I sent it to her. Turns out she hasn't sold it. Um but that's beside the point. Um the other piece of evidence I received is a Kennedy campaign button that was gifted to me when my grandmother died and it was in a jewelry box which I still have. Um and then in around the year 2016 I was invited to a very small event with a politician and I was invited to like volunteer, welcome people. There were about 50, 50 people in San Francisco. And the politician was um, a former U.S. presidential candidate in the 1980s. And the gift they gave me for volunteering was a bottle of red wine. And it was uh, a decoy. It was literally called had a duck on the front and it's called decoy. So you know, I would just say, you know, all these little pieces that I'm sharing with you, I'm sharing because a lot of survivors have amnesia. But if you look at this, the symbols of your life and the things that you've been given, they really do tell a story, you know, in terms of what potentially happened to the to the survivor who was trafficked Um One last person that I do recall, because I was 40 years of age, is that I had a summer affair, an unmarried man, I don't know if I call it an affair, a relationship with a man who's now a politician in Europe. So um, there is a teacher out of South Africa. People probably know who she is. She talks about this. when, When people are trafficked, Um, to high level individuals, there is a transfer of information in the act, um, messages are somehow sent. I'm unclear on what that, what that has to do with the way kids are used in sex trafficking. But, um, the fact that I slept with someone before they became a politician, um, kind of Ties into the story, and there's just one, one last one last piece is that I was invited um, by some people, a former CTO to, I'll just say President O or Barry. He was a CTO to that administration. He helped sort of digitize the Veterans Administration and healthcare plan, and they needed recruiters. Um, they needed some technical folks. To work at the White House, and um, so I interviewed, and I received a job offer around the year 2016 2017, and um, I turned it down. Um, it would have been working remotely, and they had very high hopes that we would all get to work for Hillary because that was the plan. They they thought um, that was that was the path. Um fast forward you know to now it all kind of makes sense piecing all these things together but in the moment none of it made any sense and i really didn't give any thought i just didn't really like the job offer to work um in a in a semi-technical role um and so i just stayed in my in my home in in california for the time uh until i got saved and Holy Spirit started reminding me of things that happened in my life. And these pieces started to come together in fragments, if you will.
0: Yeah. Oh. So all these high-level politicians worldwide that you were trafficked to, the information they use, so that's the monarch Programming. So for people to understand, within SRA, within Monarch Programming, it all works together. They take these kids, they're brainwashed, they use them to get information from politicians, and they take this information and they use it and... You know, then the politicians get the sex and whatever it is, the sacrifices, the stuff that they're doing. And the demonic is pulled in so that they're getting that power that they want as well.
1: That's right. You bring up a great point about the demonic. So what I've learned from watching others online is that you know the at the time of a ritual sacrifice, of a person who has essentially been part of the cult, I like to call them, whether they're bloodline family or used by a bloodline family, that at the point of that uh, at the point of that ritual sacrifice, that the the demonic entities that they use to traumatize the person are then released. Right. So, so um giving my life to jesus like i ha- i quickly went in deliverance like praise god like i found Derek prince and started you know looking at generational curses and what it says in in deuteronomy about about going back three and four generations um but yes i believe the demonic uh you know is is there um and i've been very aggressive on freeing myself um of any sort of entities of, of an evil or non- ungodly nature. And it's only through the blood of Christ that, you know, that I'm, I'm free.
0: So that was that blue blood that your parents were talking about is that that's where get, you get pulled into that high level trafficking.
1: That's right. They, yeah. they, sell they basically, because because um, my family was more blue collar, you know, you're you're sold into it. I think financially there's a there's obviously a financial benefit to whether that was my my parents and or my grandparents. I, I believe it was both. Um, yeah and and quite possibly for my siblings as well. Um, but I, I will not speak for them.
0: So, how did your family unit do through the years? Did your parents' marriage do well? That is a great question. So um,
1: my parents separated when I was around seven years old. My my youngest sibling was, was a baby, um, since we're all three years apart. And at the time we were living in Palm Springs. Um, my father worked as a landscape architect for celebrities he worked for everyday people too but he worked for a nursery and he designed the outside of the homes for people like bob hope and steve mcqueen and Allie mcgraw um, as a child we went to steve mcqueen and Allie mcgraw's house i was told i have a very vague memory of that um but a lot of really hard things happen in palm springs I have some memories of it um, before they separated. And I I recall sleeping between my parents and someone coming to our door at night and my father getting up and getting a gun and my mother in a lot of fear telling him not to go to the front door. Um, And so I don't know what all he was involved in. I, I, the story was sort of like, oh, it was drugs and alcohol. He was sort of strung out, but he kind of disappeared for a while after the Palm Springs separation. When we moved to another part of California after that, um, my mother went crying to her parents as, as sort of that my father went away. So where did he go? Was he on a different assignment? Was he was he jailed? Um, I don't know. I do know that his father was served jail time when I was in high school. Um, but at the time of Palm Springs, I'm not sure what all went down, but um the the Hollywood piece is very troubling for me. Um, the people he worked with is very troubling for me. Um, I believe my father you know, was a programmer and he, he went back years later when I was probably 20 years old and he would come and meet me for lunch and he had a company car. And I thought to myself, like in hindsight, like who has a company car? It works for a nursery, plant nursery, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like an American white company car, nothing fancy, but, but brand new. And, um, you know, they're just, they're just lots of, odd things about about him and he was incredibly bright i mean even though his anger and he was incredibly volatile like my father was valedictorian of his class his high school class um he he went he spent some time in college he did not finish um but he just he was just very volatile very angry person at times um and I really feared him. Um, in fact, one time he came to my house in Northern California at night. And he lived in Southern Cal. And he came, it just showed up unannounced at night at my at my house. Um, unfortunately, I was living in an apartment building. and I can pretend like I wasn't there. I was in mortal fear of him when he showed up unannounced. And at wow. the time, I had no idea why other than just like, He's he's sort of crazy to in my mind. And I didn't answer the the main door of the building. Um, but you know, he's done things that were very triggering for me. Um one other thing that I remember about him that stands out, I believe I was, I was drugged often. But one time I clearly remember, because I was I was preteen, I was probably 12, between 12 and 14. And we were doing an overnight. Um, My siblings and I were doing an overnight at my my dad's house. And he stirred a pill into our drinks, into like a Sprite. And he said it was for our allergies. And we each drank up um, Sprite with a pill for our allergies. But I remember the way we went home, sort of the mopey, no energy kind of demeanor and my mother asked us all oh, what's wrong what's wrong with you all and my father um I believe was pedophile I believe he was into child pornography as well um he lived in Manhattan Beach for a period of time I remember meeting a man and him my father introducing us to a man and this man kissing me in my hand and I was a child and I thought I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. And, um, yeah, I had done some SOZA ministry work and, and I've had flashbacks of, um, twice of child pornography of things. I didn't, I did not wish to really get into or talk about, but, um, uh, my father was into a lot of things.
0: Um, now you said he went to jail. What did he go to jail for? Well, allegedly, it was for not paying child support. Um, I
1: have doubts because of something that happened to uh, a child close to me. I mean, it didn't die, but because of an injury in the hospital time that this child had um, spent, and uh, the condition, um, maybe my father served jail time for something else. Um, I did my own research within the last year and found more recent record um, on him but that's been sealed so there have been there there's been something else that's happened since my high school years
0: and they don't seal child support cases that's right that's right interesting um, so you got saved in 2021 that's right and what's your journey been like since then? Well,
1: <laughs> um, it's been a blessing that I've been saved and the given my life to Christ. Um, but I'll say I've been very and I've been very aggressive about my healing. I have worked with probably four different counselors and call it deliverance ministry, although some of them aren't just. Doing things like casting out demons. Um, some of them are really working to help survivors of SRA. Um, and then I worked with at least four different therapists, you know, two sessions each. And I just got to a place where uh, some of them felt like they were doing more harm than good. Um, one person who maybe calls herself a deliverance minister or some sort of counselor was just reading through a lot of template prayers and I was under extreme a demonic attack working with her. And asked asked about it, and we, there was no solution. Um, so I'm in a really good place of healing without working with people. Right, I I do have, take that back. I have one person I'm working with right now, and I I'm also focused on um re regulation. Um so survivors are often told you have DID. And while that's true for many or most survivors um, have dissociative identity disorder, I felt like the diagnosis, um, which I haven't been diagnosed with, I've been diagnosed with complex PTSD, but I feel like the talk about DID in the circle of SRA is not particularly helpful because it doesn't give survivors tools to kind of regulate their central nervous system. So I'm using more tools around moving from dysregulation to re-regulation. And that has shown great, you know, great improvement in my life. And I hope to share this ultimately with survivors at some point, or I hope that survivors seek out other methods, um, you know, related to neuroscience. Because let's face it, our survivors, some of our, not our survivors, our handlers, a lot of them are quite smart and they knew a lot about the brain in their time. But neuroscience is relatively new in comparison to people who were abused and traumatized in the 1970s and prior, right? So, So they knew way more about the brain and neuroscience wasn't around. So um, I, I that's just sort of my own thinking of like, how can I help myself heal? Um, and I was obsessed with the brain actually in high school. And I didn't know why I was going to the library and I was reading about the brain. It was probably due to all the trauma, but um, learning about dysregulation, re-regulation, polyvagal theory, you know, there, there are all kinds of great free resources on YouTube that people can find to start to calm their system and and start to relieve some of the triggers that come up in sort of
0: day-to-day living? Yeah, I followed some of the polyvagal theory and it's very helpful, you know, because we did not learn how to regulate. So, you you know, when we get very um, activated, Which is normal, you know, uh, during the day, hopefully we stay calm, which is regulated. But we get activated, something gets us upset. Normal people can get back to being calm again, where people that have been traumatized get to being activated or uncalm, and we just stay there, right? Exactly. So they give us tools to get back to being calm again, which is brilliant. That's what we need to learn how to do. So that's what you're talking about. Exactly. So you're you're starting to create some content through
1: uh, Twitter. Yes. Thank you for that reminder. Yeah. So um, I I've posted a couple of things on Tumblr and Twitter. Um, my Twitter handle um, is KRB64. I'm also under Trauma Victor. Um, on Tumblr and Trauma Victor is the headline in on my Twitter account or the profile name rather. And yeah, I'd like to just share resources for survivors around complex uh, PTSD, dysregulation, re-regulation, maybe not tell my story in full since I'm a relatively new uh, survivor in recovery. Um, But I I just I really wanted to share this story because, you know, some survivors aren't Christian and I just want to give glory to God like I wouldn't be here alive today um, because 2021 that was supposed to be the end of my life. Um, So this story is really about the goodness of God um, that. You know, you could be in the new age and um, you can be traumatized, but, you know, God, God can take us out of anything and and heal and restore, you know, restore our brokenness. And um, so I, I'm here to tell you that, you know, anything is possible in God.
0: If he can reach into your story and rescue you, he can reach into anybody's story. Amen, Lisa that's right beautifully beautifully said kb i appreciate that so much i just i just i just love your heart you know just that you can just hear the beauty in your voice just that love of god just radiates out so well you're doing really good you're just i'm just so excited about this interview and about what you're just what you're doing Thank
1: you so much, Lisa. It's so wonderful to have this chance to share my story. I honestly didn't think I would be here, you know, looking back a couple of years ago. Um, I just, I just think, you know, thank God for every day of being alive and being able to share my testimony. And, um, you know, hopefully to give survivors, you know, hope Um, to trust in God. He can heal us uh, of anything. So thank you for this platform. I really appreciate
0: it. Oh, you're welcome. And you're healing fast. Yes. It's been not even two years yet. That's right. And you're coming far. So, because I know some people are like, oh my gosh, Lisa, you were 20 years, you know, how long is this going to take me? I'm like, no, people are going fast now. Fast. So yeah. And and I think you have tools to even help people go faster, Chris. KB, KB, so just keep, you know, just keep putting that out there. Yes,
1: I I definitely will.
0: Yeah. God God bless you. Just keep going. Keep going after him. He's leading you. And you're going to be a powerful force out there to help a lot of other people. Thank you, Lisa. And I know that's your heart. Yeah,
1: I, I do hope the Lord uses me in ways to to help uh, speak to other survivors in a way that's that uplifts them and gives them hope and gives them a future. Because the Lord promised us a future and a hope.
0: Yeah, and abundance. He'll bring, get rid of all the bad and bring us to that pay, place of peace in a place where we can enjoy life. He doesn't want us just to subsist and barely get by. Isn't that wonderful? It is so good. Yeah, so so grateful. So, what are things in your life that you can enjoy now? Uh,
1: I I love nature. I love spending time in nature, and um, I I recently just learned about. Um, you know, that we can heal our brain through, I think it's called bilateral movement. So typing, walking, and swimming. So I love being in water. I'm super excited about being part of a gym and swimming on a regular basis. Um, And uh, yeah, maybe get a pet at some point if I just stop moving around all the
0: time. Um, What kind of pet would you want? I'd I'd get a dog, maybe a pit bull. (laughs) That'd be fun. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have an interesting group of neighbors that live around me. You know, it's the life of a survivor. You and I talked about earlier, you know, I just have some very interesting neighbors. And um, so a pit bull will be good for a survivor,
0: I think. Yeah. I have a Pomeranian, so he's not going to bite anybody, but he'll sure bark and let me know somebody's there. Oh, ah, that's excellent. Your little yeah. sound. Block. Yeah, which is great, which, which is what got me sleeping through the night. Oh, nice. It's like no one's going to sneak up on me. And that's all I needed, you know.
1: That's a good reminder. We don't all have to have pit bulls.
0: Yeah. <laughs> pit bulls are nice, too. No one's going to sneak up on you. That's right. That's right. So I've been going out lately with a shaking the Luciferian kingdom prayer. You want to pray it with me? Yes, please. All right. You repeat after me. From where we're seated in Christ Jesus. From where we're seated in Christ Jesus. At the right hand of the Father. the right hand of the Father. The Lord God Almighty says. The Lord God Almighty says. The time has come. Time has come. For the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken. For the Luciferian kingdom to be shaken. We decree. We decree. Let the great shaking. Let the great shaking. Of all who worship Lucifer, begin. Of all who worship Lucifer, begin. Your sorceries and sacrifices. Your sorceries and sacrifices. Will not help you. Will not help you. Your protection is removed. Your protection is removed. Let the shaking. Let the shaking. Of the Luciferian kingdom increase. Of the
1: Luciferian kingdom increase.
0: In Jesus' name, amen. In
1: Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you, KB.
1: Thank you, Lisa. God bless you. you. God bless. Bye.